All right, so we're back for another edition of the Placebo Cast. This is uh, April, what is it, 5th? Sure. Yeah, April, April 5th. 5th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Tony Hugh. I'm Joseph. So, um, how's your spring break go, Joseph? Uh, it was pretty standard. It's pretty, you know, hung out with friends and did some interesting stuff, so. Cool. Yeah, how was yours? Uh, you know, good. You know, just want to stay, like, in uh, under the rock. That's how I uh, realign myself. Or Playing uh, Red Alert 2? Ah, yes. I was able to successfully install it on my Windows 7 machine at home. Uh, I see. No hiccups? None at all. I was surprised at how easy it was. I literally popped the the CD in, Uh, pressed install. Now, the only hiccup was it needed a serial key. You didn't have a serial key? No. So, I Googled it. First result. Well, let's just stop here, Tony. Let's just stop here. Hey, but we get in trouble with uh, we get in trouble with the people there. It's not illegal to Google. Okay. Okay. Well, let's and just right there. Okay, you got the serial key. I got it working. Okay. I got it working, and then boom, it just installed. Now the resolution was at that time for, abysmal. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was for a Windows yeah. Vista computer, so. It, and in and, and the monitors back then weren't you know as high quality. I think as like doesn't it max out like ten twenty four or something like that. Something like that. and that's yeah. probably like uh, the high end monitors. Yeah, those CRTs. Yeah, way back. And I I mean it it filled up the entire screen. Uh huh. I and it I, looks like absolute crap. Well, you know, considering once you get past that, right, uh-huh. then it's a great game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good game. Very yeah. good game. Compelling storyline for any of those who've never played the Red Alert series. It's yeah. a good storyline. Don't try the uh, the sequel though. Yeah, Red Alert Three is <laughs> leaves much to be desired. So EA bought Red Alert, or they what, bought Westwood, the company, way back. Like. Right, at, I think after Red Alert Two, Yuri's Revenge came out. It right. was uh, Westwood, and then they bought the Westwood Game Studio, so it became EA Westwood or something like that. So is Westwood still in existence or do they not make games anymore i think part of their department's still there but themselves as a a company is not there as their own like subsidiary it's part of like ea itself how about the red alert franchise itself it's ea so it's completely so it's whatever uh ea decides pretty much yeah that's why you have the uh the crap fest that was uh tiberium Command and Conquer Tiberium. Twilight. Was that like an expansion pack or just? No, like that a- was a that was a standalone game. With the ending was uh, painfully abysmal. <laughs> I, I'm not. So leave it at that. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of games and um, companies buying out game studios, Star Wars. Star out. Wars. I mean, Disney. Disney bought, bought out, out Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. And then they promptly closed it. <laughs> Hundred and fifty odd days after they purchased right. it, which is pretty fast. <laughs> Five months. So, uh, the only Star Wars game I played is the Lego Star Wars brand. Is that under Lucasfilm or LucasArts? I'm pretty sure... Well, they own the copyrights, so maybe. I'm not too entirely sure of that. Right. I would not be surprised, though. But that was a fun game. I mean, it was... Although it was really it was, easy. It was a kid's game. It was too easy. Yeah, what are you playing a kid's game for? Hey, hey, I, had the, I had the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> so, the best games there were Mario Kart. Oh, um, <laughs> That's a discussion for another time about the GameCube. I got my own, got my own comments about that. But there was the Resident Evil 4. And that was an excellent game. That was a fun game, yeah. That was an excellent but, game. But um, Star Wars The Old Republic was, was abysmal. Really? 
that's what I've heard. It was huh. not as good as people thought it was going to be. I always saw those, you know how, like, on covers of, like, books and movies. Wait, you, have, are you talking about Knights of the Old Republic or the Old Republic? The one with, like, the alien-looking monk-like guy in the front cover. Okay, that doesn't help me at all. I don't know. Because <laughs> there's two. There's Knights of the Old Republic, which is the good one. Right. And there's it's the Old Republic that is the bad one. Yeah, it's probably the first one. Okay, mentioned. so because Knights of the Old Republic was a good one, right. and they had a sequel that was also pretty good. Right. And then Star Wars The Old Republic right. was the bad one. Right. Where, the good one, I remember it said something like Game of the Year Edition. So okay, I'm, then that's I'm Knights of the sure Old Republic. That yeah, that's the good one. Right. Okay. Yeah. But The Old Republic was lackluster. Yeah. And it disappointed a lot of people. And there's always jokes about... Um, no one's playing it, so if SimCity's having a problem, just have night, have the servers <laughs> they use for the Old Republic for SimCity, you know? So I remember there was, a, like, a blog post where they were listing out, like, hundreds or maybe dozens, I, mean, I don't know, of different games that would no longer be supported by EA. And there were just, like, all these different games that mm-hmm. were listed. Not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, EA. EA being EA again. And, you it, know, the, it's just like Google, you know, phasing out Reader, and Reader <laughs> even though it's a very popular product. Yeah, I mean, take the hint, Google. They're not making money off the users, then. Guess not. Yeah. Well, um, talk about EA. They just released a free DLC for SimCity. DLC? What's that? Downloadable content. Right. For SimCity. So was that like a patch or something? Kind of adds stuff to the game. Add on. Yeah, add on. And what it adds is that it adds Nissan Leaf electric charging vehicles, charging right. stations to oh. the game. And it has in big, bright red letters, Nissan Leaf oh my God. on it. So if you zoom in, you see Nissan Leaf, and I'm just like, wow. wow. But hey, it's free. And <laughs> Does decent? it enhance the gameplay? It's like, um, it, no. no. It's like <laughs> well, it's, it's something funny because you they say that you could just pop it down in your city and watch as more of your sims switch to electric cars, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I would assume it reduces pollution levels, but yeah, one I, can never be too sure. Are you still playing SimCity? Oh, my God. I spent all spring break playing that game. Yeah, yeah you have no idea. I, I think I over the course of, like, three days, I've clocked about, like, 30 hours in that game. It's right. it's a pretty Wait, good game. Were you playing it on your MacBook Air set? No, it was on my desktop when I went home. So you can install the game on multiple PCs? It's tied to your Origin account, so yes. How many? As many as you can? I don't have five computers, so I can't test it out. So... I just You just can't log that, in simultaneously. That seems like a loophole to me, like... Let's all share. Let's like Netflix accounts, right? Let's share Netflix accounts, and then we can all watch Netflix. Well, here's the difference, though. You have to log in, and while that person's logged in, you can't log in to have Uh, two instances simultaneously. See, Netflix does not do that, right? Yeah, you know, before with um, game piracy, what people do is a serial key would just be a serial key. The computer would check if it matches the MD5 or the algorithm they use to generate the serial key. The good old days. Yeah, the good old days, quote unquote, and then. Without, what you do is that you give your friend the CD to install the game. It has a legitimate serial key that does not check if it's used once or twice or X many times. So it would be like, hey, this game's legitimate because it has a legitimate serial key. So we're just going to install it. That's how piracy went before. So it's not so that it curbs people from downloading the game. It curbs people from using it simultaneously at the same time. Because right. back in those days, you could just keep swapping CDs with everybody and then everyone would have the same game. It's like StarCraft. You know, you just have one CD key and your friends have like seven 
you have seven friends and you just send it to seven friends and they just use the same CD key. It doesn't check with any central mm-hmm. server database of CD keys. I, I remember like a couple minutes ago, you were, you were saying that I shouldn't uh, keep talking about serial keys. And Well, that's to save you, to incriminate yourself that you did you something. Seem, you seem pretty knowledgeable there. Justin. I'm not, you know, it's one thing to have knowledge, it's one thing to apply it. You wow. know? I like to plead the fifth at this point in time. Tony, uh, are you affiliated with the FBI or DMCA? Uh, oh, man. But yeah, ma- you know. Are we making this public? Sure. Yeah. But okay. yeah, you know, with the or the way, even Steam, the way Steam and Origin works now is that, you, yeah, you can install multiple copies of the game. The, right. it, the, the copies of the game is not the problem. Right. It's the simultaneous usage of the games is the problem. Right. So the one way to combat that is to have your user account. You can only have one instance of that user account at the same time. Right. And that's how it curbs piracy. Why doesn't Netflix do the same thing? I don't know. Maybe Netflix doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because their prices are so low, you might as well sign up, right? Yeah. But then there was always some people... There's, you know, there's this little saying. like, you can't totally get rid of piracy. There's always going to be some guy out there that's going to pirate because he's too cheap to pay for it. Right. But then, you know, there's a bar you can set mm-hmm. where a certain... If you set it to a certain point, people will pay for it even if it's easier or even if it's cheaper to pirate it. You know, that's why, like, that's why iTunes, 99 cents, $1.29 for a song, like, people will pay for it. You got to give them an outlet. You got to make it easy. You got to make it reasonable. Yeah. Accessible, easy to use, and it's got to make, you know, reasonable price. And people will go for it. Even if you can go to, like, the Pirate Bay and download the entire album for free, people will legitimately pay for it. You know, people, you know. If it's a better experience. Yeah. People, you know, the Pirate Bay is filled with all those not safe for work ads. Who the hell wants to go there? Or they have to configure the torrents. You have to do the port forwarding and all that jazz. You know, it's, I remember way back when I was, you know, a naive middle schooler, the torrenting was like this painful process. You know, you torrent Linux CDs and all that stuff. It was a painful process to port forward because, um, UPnP universal plug and play wasn't you know available or wasn't ubiquitous as it is now, so you had to manually port forward and you had to do static IPs and all that jazz and it was just not very fun. Mm. Now the fact that it's illegal. <laughs> that's a secondary concern for for those people, you know. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Well, for piracy, it's like <clears throat> you know, there's a bar. It has to be easy. Has to be accessible and has to be reasonably priced. You know, CDs. You have, you know, one of the most, one of the biggest complaints about physical CDs is that you can't pick the songs you want, and you know, albums are less and less important. You know, the structure of the album is less and less important. Right. So, and nowadays you have, you know, all these, these, uh, you know, these industrially produced bands that sound the same. They have one, like one good song in the beginning, and then. Like the rest of the tracks are just pure crap, just to fill it up. Yeah, just to fill it up. And you and you're like, I paid ten dollars for this album from this band that I like, but only one, one song, song is good. You know, I'm just gonna go on iTunes, buy for a dollar twenty nine. Exactly. So you know, so you know when people when people you know when I tell them, yeah, I buy my music, you know, and and they criticize me for it. I'm just like, well, you know, it's it's DRM. Well, now it's DRM free. It's been been that way for a while. It's easy, and it's you know. It, Are you talking about iTunes? Yeah, iTunes. I use iTunes specifically, right. but you know, it's it's easy to use. It's accessible. You know, I got the money to do it. It's not terribly unreasonable to pay for it and then buy it as well. It's you know. Rather have you ever than, tried the Amazon Music Store? I have actually. 
How is it? That's decent. They're about the same. It's just I like the iTunes, iCloud, iTunes Match integration more than the Amazon MP3 integration. Right. Yeah. But they're roughly the same. True. So, you know, it's... It is slightly cheaper in some areas on yeah. Amazon, yeah. which is no surprise for yeah. for Amazon because, you know, all their yeah. stuff is so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I bought, like, uh, like a album of 100 classic music classical mm-hmm. music songs for a dollar <laughs> i'm pretty sure most of them i don't know do songs have like um you know how like old books they are now free oh um and now, it, the problem is is that a lot of classical music we don't have recordings of them right or good so they're just reproductions yeah they're reproductions modern, and right under i think copyright law they still fall under the you have to wait like 30 years and then they die to get it for under you know under public right. license so i think that might have been the reason why it's so cheap because yeah. it's just them bundling it all up yeah. together i mean you can't get like high quality recordings of beethoven you know right. that was like in the 1600s they had no recording technology back then so right. you can't really get it of course of if there were then there would be so many free domain you know songs from bach or um beethoven or mozart now mm. but now it's just reproduction yeah yeah so cool. all right um oh yeah so my laptop stand came in this laptop stand came in this week yeah the uh, m stand the rain right rain rain yes. m stand i think that's what it's called it's number one on amazon's category for laptop stands and it's good it's a good yeah, product it's good it's good. sturdy it does the job well it looks nice too yeah i mean all it's kind of heavy but you know so you're not going to be picking out anyway, so... It's pure aluminum, so, you know, if it wasn't heavy, I'd be... You know, or as Johnny Ive calls it, alum, alum, aluminium. Aluminium. The reason why I wanted to make it out of aluminium. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fantastic product, you know. I'd recommend it for anyone that wants to... $45. $45, absolutely. Yeah. Good price compared to, I think, the Belkin. They have one stand. I think right. 12 South has a stand, but it's not as good. Um, yeah, the the M stand is just a fantastic product. I would recommend it to anybody that's looking for a laptop stand. Right. They market it as designed for MacBook Pros and Air. Um, how about other laptops? You know, designed. I would. I mean, I would say for design, they would. They're probably applying it to aesthetically designed because it's just a it block of the, aluminum. You know, it matches the yeah. silver color, right? Exactly. Now. But I don't see a problem with using it with like you know. HP's I mean, unless your NV-line. laptop is like seventeen or well plus. Um, I don't think they're. I mean, I think it's sturdy enough. I don't think yeah. it would crumble under the weight of a seventeen-inch laptop. I guess. But yeah. you know, I guess when they say it's designed for you know MacBook Pros, right. MacBook Airs, they're probably referring to the aesthetic design. But from mm-hmm. a utilitarian point of view, out you know it's perfectly fine laptop yeah. stand for any brand of laptop be it apple acer asus well, the one thing i don't like is how uh, my wires are just dangling on because i have this this uh cable holder that that yeah. prevents my cables from falling off the table yeah and so i already had a problem with it sort of like falling off, like the, the the holder itself is is kind of off the table itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's like dangling midair yeah. when I stretch out the yeah. cable. It just looks... You uh, don't you don't use the uh, raindrop hole in the back of the stand to siphon it through the hole? Is that in like the back middle or something? Yeah, it's the back middle. Huh. 
Well, no, you've never a- you've never noticed it. <laughs> yeah, this is hole there. It's like maybe I should stick. The it's wires. only less than a week. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll look later. Because that's what I do. You know, I'll I look right now on yours. Because uh, that's what I do. I got a bunch of wires, and I just siphon it through those and just go straight down into one nice little. Wait, so in the back, it's the middle. rain. It's the rain logo, and it's cut out. So you can put wires through oh. there. So it's very handy. It's very handy. How about for like cables? <clears throat> so it's primarily for cables on the left side. Then it just uh, both. Bounce. It's dead center. Right. It's dead center. So you can put both. Okay. Um, but I use I use a lot of wireless products because I don't like the clutter right. that there is. Although I did recently just buy a USB 3.0 hub, so that's sort of where is that negates. Uh, it's on my desk. It sort of negates. You know, what does that do? A USB hub, yeah, just splits up more. I have more USB 3.0 ports, pretty oh, much, because cool. I have a lot of USB 3.0 or USB <laughs> devices that I like to use. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like using a lot of wireless products. Bluetooth is like this fantastic thing that I've just recently discovered, even though it's been in you know production for X many years. You know, the wireless keyboard. I got the Bluetooth mouse. You know, and I have Bluetooth speakers. Even I would I put it under the M stand. Mm. Just turn it on sometimes when I want to put some music on after I hear my headphones hurt my ears. You know, it's um, it reduces the clutter, makes my desk nice and clean. And I love clean desks. You know, it's, it gives you a nice, it's aesthetically pleasing to just sit there and be like, man, my desk is nice and clean. I got like some decorations on there that's not ruined by the wires. And so what we need now is that wireless charging station like the one for the nexus you know here's an here's an idea yeah integrate a wireless charging solution into the macbooks and integrate one to the m stand oh easy oh easy fantastic one wire does it not does you don't even have to see the wire on the table because the m stand's (laughs) going to be in the back and it's charging. You're charging your laptop, so you put it's like a docking station. You know, <laughs> put your laptop on the M stand. It charges your battery. When you're gonna go, you're gonna go. I mean those those wireless charging stations I I've seen are like flat surfaces anyway. Yeah. So you could because they use conductive charging. Right. Yeah. So you could you know just place it on your M stand and yeah. place your laptop there. Yeah. Or I know it's not designed that way, but you know, you know, if if someone goes out of their way, if Apple goes out of the way to design a conductive <laughs> battery pack for their next generation of MacBooks, you know, you know. So why do they only have it for mobile devices, but not like laptops yet? Well, the technology is is it harder to? Build it's not or? there yet for larger devices, I would imagine. Right, and it's not as efficient as you know a wall to a cord. I've seen that um, the Nexus 4 ch- wireless orb, whatever they call it, yeah. it's magnetic. I was like, what? And you just, you just throw, well, you wouldn't throw your your uh, your phone on it, but... You Especially with that glass back. <laughs> yeah, you just place it on top, and then it just... HP does. had a similar thing when, when they released their uh, WebOS phones, you know? They had a similar thing, a docking station with conductive charging. And Nokia has the same thing too. Nokia has um, conductive charging that they sell an optional um, conductive charger mat for right. their uh, Lumia series of Windows phones. So you know the tech is coming, but you know it's it's not as good yet. It, How long would it take time. to charge a, uh, a battery? Then uh, hard to say. Depending, depending. So like an iPhone would do like two to three hours to fully charged maybe it depends on the power power level the efficiency of the charger mat you know there's a lot of variables that i can't account for but i'm just to quote phil schiller when they asked him why there wasn't you know conductive charging 
Are things conductive? No, inductive. I'm sorry. Inductive charging. Yeah. Wireless charging for iPhones was that his reasoning was, I don't know if he believed it or not, was that you're still having a wire. You're just putting more stuff in between you and the phone and the power. So you're still going to have a wire. So it doesn't solve anything. It just adds more stuff to your table. Right. That was his reasoning. But the wiring is just the tangle and the clutter. Whereas, see, with inductive charging, you have to be within a certain distance, right? A couple of millimeters or a centimeter, a couple of centimeters. So until we have charging over, you know, a couple of feet, then you know it'll make sense that I could just Your entire put, room exactly. <laughs> you're getting zapped by electricity wirelessly. All the electronic devices wirelessly. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I would love mm-hmm. to walk into my room. My phone would be automatically charging because of my my wireless net of charging apparatuses in my room. Right. And then when I step out, I have a full battery. That is the ideal situation. But the tech's not there yet. Right now we have, you have to put the phone, you have to put your device on the mat. I mean, you're still tethering it to something, but it's not a, it's not a cable anymore. It looks cool. It looks cool, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 I can go on a whole rant about this, but there's a fine line between design for coolness and design for um, functionality. On one side, it's cool. Like, this is a neat feature. But, but it can get so neat that it's gimmicky. The and novelty. I think... A no, yeah, it's a cheap novelty that they make you pay a for. show and tell. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're showing your friends, hey, I can charge my phone by putting it on this black mat on my desk. And then if someone told me that, I'd be like, but it's you still have this wire running down from the mat to the power, to the to the <laughs> outlet on on your wall. I mean, what's 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 the difference? All you did was pay seventy dollars for a glorified well, mat. You, you eliminate the step of you know plugging in your 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 phone, right? <laughs> this is the part where we should have video where I roll my eyes. <laughs> um, yes, but let's let's think about that for a moment, Tony. Is is it really hard to plug in the cord? Oh yeah. You have to find it, and then it's always tangled up, and then you have to untangle it. And by that time, you're like, ah, oh, it's dinner time. I gotta go. I don't have time for this. Are you just looking for a place to go to Country Kitchen Buffet, too? 65-year-old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, I kind of agree with Phil Schiller's reasoning for not including inductive charging. You know, all you're doing is placing a middleman between the cable and the phone you're not really solving a problem that's inherently there until we can get wireless charging from a few feet away then i'll say okay that's cool then i don't have i could just plug this little nub into my power outlet you know have it sync with my phone and it charges the moment i I can put it anywhere and it would charge right but if it's like i i still have to put it in a specific place to charge it. And that specific place is still dictated by the placement of the power cord, the placement of the power outlet. It's still going to be a gimmicky feature, no matter how how much they try to market it to other people. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad feature. Far from it. It's a fantastically cool feature. But I'm just saying the tech is not there yet to make it invisible, to use, to replace the cord. I mean, like, seriously. It takes, like, 15 seconds at most <laughs> to plug in your power cable. And especially with like the lightning cable, you don't even have to ch- check the orientation anymore. You can just plug it in. It's done. I love the look you just gave me when you said that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a neat feature. 
I wouldn't say it's worth paying the extra money to get it. Oh, maybe, it's, it's maybe until you see it yourself and then you'll, you'll, you'll I've know. seen inductive charging. I'm not oh. impressed at all. I'm still like, you like have I to see s- it done right. Maybe that. Maybe. Yeah. See, it has, it has to be implemented in a seamless way right. and not just be a middleman. Right. You know, that's the only way you're going to convince me. All right. Let's go on to another topic. Um, what do you want to talk about? We have Facebook, we have T-Mobile. Let's touch Facebook first. Facebook. That's an interesting All one. Right. So they had their their big announcement on <laughs> Thursday morning. Yeah. And the Facebook product home. is Facebook Home, not Facebook, Facebook home. Phone. <laughs> so they're, not, they're not building a new mobile device. They're partnering up with HTC. And AT&T, right? Yeah. So it's like a $99 phone with contract for AT&T. 4G LTE. Mm-hmm. Yeah decent custom android oh, no, not custom android custom home screen for android i still want my f-shaped phone i don't know about you but industrial designers are starting to hate you those of you that are industrial designers listening to this podcast right now do not send flaming bags of poo to my apartment i want an f-shaped pocket to oh, accommodate God. my new facebook phone this has to be a thumbs up shaped phone you know you just flip the thumb up and you put it It'd be like one of those when you're a kid, you know, you right. put your, your pinky out, your thumb up, and you do that <laughs> fake handset phone, you know? I remember there there was, like, a ton of mock-ups of, you know, what a Facebook phone would look like, and this one really ridiculous one. I even, I, I, I wrote a blog post about it. <laughs> was it the shape letter F? Yes. Well, no, 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 no way. <laughs> okay, good. It was this really long blue paddle-like phone for, it had a had its own dedicated Instagram button, so I assume for taking photos. I don't know if that means with filters applied automatically, <laughs> but... A glorified yes. Facebook device. And there's even, like, a... I'm not sure what... Uh, a, a dedicated Facebook button uh, uh, that kind of seems redundant or something like that. So, <laughs> now you don't have to touch a software <laughs> button. You can just touch the hardware button. I'm like, man, I- I'm going to need some really deep pockets to fit that. Not not like, you know, I need money, but like, need, I need a physically... A physically deep, deep pocket <laughs> for that. Oh. You know, I'm even gonna, it's not even going to be a phone anymore. It's like the Samsung Note. It's going to be like those giant phablets where you have to strap it to your arm or something to use. And hello, you know, bring your arm up in an L shape. Hello, are maybe, you there? Maybe that's what their, uh, you know, their wearable arm... Spend um, uh, tablet or phone things that they have that everyone is speculating that Apple and other companies are making, right? Speculation. You saw that patent with like that mock-up design where it looks like Apple something... Apple pans everything. <laughs> you can't base it solely on pants. <laughs> I Apple... read so many of those articles. I'm like, oh my God, is it coming out tomorrow? <laughs> I remember, like this was like five years ago. Apple pants patented a, a design where the monitor had built-in micro cameras. So you wouldn't even, so your camera wouldn't be placed on the top of your iMac it'd be you'd be staring at your screen the camera would be right there guess what five years later where's my iMac with built-in cameras <laughs> in my screen absolutely nowhere see Apple patents ever, anything they can come up with Apple's not the only one that does that everyone does exactly that. but Apple's the only one Apple's the only one that people care about That that's the only one that blogs like actually spend time like looking through the recently approved patent applications by Apple. Isn't there a website even called Patently Apple? Probably. Exactly. I mean, Apple patents everything they make and it's not even a sure sign of whether or not they're actually going to do it. Have they patented their product demos yet? 
<laughs> the turtleneck is that sweater? why Samsung could not, you know, God. come up with something decent? They had to get Broadway actors, <laughs> and they would have gotten. Okay, sued. please let's not let's not go back to that. <laughs> Nightmares, just traumatized by that product announcement. All right, so T-Mobile, the um, the would you call them the, the forgotten an- the, uh, the the underdog, last, the underdog, the yes. second underdog, right next to Sprint, the yeah. anti carrier. So as they're trying four. to portray themselves. Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Yep. So they finally have the iPhone. They finally do. What took them so long? <sighs> Negotiations with Apple. That's the only thing I can attribute it to. And possibly hardware problems, too. Because their frequency band for LTE right. and 3G is... Well, they didn't even have... Well, it's notoriously different than what Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint had. I know that they they say like if you buy an iPhone from a different carrier, they would have different like antennas or something. Like yeah, a GSM yeah. or I don't because know that. the the frequency bands that the different carriers use are incredibly different from each other, and Does it that requires their performance. Special, no, it just need you just need a special antenna and just I, for using that carrier. Yeah, just using carrier. Is that why they have unlocked phones then? Right, they have unlocked like the way carrier bands work is that there's certain frequencies the phone works on. But in the U.S., there are four major carriers, and there are a bunch of micro ones, too. But they have their own frequency bands. For the most part, a good chunk of them uses the same frequency bands, which is why you have unlocked phones that work across bands. But then you also have T-Mobile, who has their own frequency band for 3G, 4G, and all that stuff. So the difficulty I can imagine from getting the iPhone in the first place was convincing Apple, negotiating with Apple, to create a version of of the... of a T-Mobile iPhone that has the, the required antenna to access T-Mobile's frequency band without T-Mobile having to destroy all of their pre-existing network connections and establishing, you know, what the other carriers already have. So that's one thing I can see that probably delayed the iPhone for T-Mobile. Right. That and probably <sighs> financial problems for T-Mobile. T-Mobile was in a very tough spot. Weren't they, weren't they supposedly bought out or supposedly They were going merged? to. What happened? With, or was it with who? What? AT&T. The T-Mobile. Right. The department. You wrote a blog post about that. The Department of Justice stepped in and said, no, we're not doing it. What's oh. funny about that. <laughs> don't. Oh, please. I don't want. I don't want three carriers now. One underdog and two. Two massive carriers with terrible service. But that's a discussion for another day. But what happened was the Department of Justice stepped in and said, no, we're not letting this merger happen because of antitrust issues. Which was obvious because there's only four carriers and two of them are small. But so in the contract that AT&T had with T-Mobile, it practically said in the event of no merger between these two companies, we're going to give you X amount of dollars. AT&T to T-Mobile? That's what happened. They gave him, I think, several hundred million to a close to a billion dollars, maybe even more. How long ago did this happen? This was like a year, close to a year ago. Like the decision that they weren't going to be yeah, able to manage? Yeah, close to a year ago. So what happened was that AT&T had to pay out this huge amount of money to T-Mobile, and T-Mobile just got this huge infusion of cash. So they're using that cash to expand their 4G network, their 3G. Their, they were implementing their 3G network to be compatible with iPhones. Right. The iPhone 4 and the 4S, you know. So they're using all this money, which was funny because they use all this money from AT&T, which they were going to be bought out from, 
to expand the network to compete with AT&T, which is hilarious, Gosh. I think. So... How's AT&T reacting to this, then? Yeah, they don't think they care. They're too busy <laughs> screwing their customers. Well, no. Okay. No, okay. I don't think they care that much. They wanted to get it. They wanted to get T-Mobile. The Department of Justice stepped in, said, no, we're not going to let you. They're disappointed. What happens during that time when AT&T and T-Mobile made that agreement to merge until... The Department of Justice said, no, we're not letting you do it. What's T-Mobile doing? Just hanging around? Oh, they're still conducting business as usual. But they can't, like, you know, do any major thing. I mean, they can still do it. They just didn't have the money to. They don't have the capital to, essentially. now they do. Yeah. Courtesy of AT&T. Thank you, AT&T, for making (laughs) the wireless world a better place in America. (laughs) But, yeah, now... Or now T-Mobile is branding itself as this anti-carrier. Right. No contracts. Complete transparency. Yes. More transparency. More transparency. (laughs) Relatively more transparency. No contracts. A pink color scheme. (laughs) They've had that for years now. Also the pink motorcycle. I'm just throwing... I'm just grabbing whatever. Um, The phone, you can either pay up front, full price, unsubsidized. Yeah. Or you can pay monthly installments over the course of your two-year plan. But is that cheaper over the course of two years from any of the other three? Well, let's. Well, for the most part, yes. Their plans are generally cheaper. I've had T-Mobile before. Their their plans are generally cheaper than competing. So, how much would you have to pay for internet? I don't have the numbers on me. I mean, the uh, what do they call the uh, data? Data plan. Um, it's fractionally cheaper than really. It's. Unlimited to two gigs, then they cut you to. I don't know if it's still in practice, but from the last time I've heard, they cut you right. to two G speeds after two gigabytes. I'm like, two G still exists. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's like that little circle. I, I you thought three G is only the absolute minimum. It's it's. We're not we're not in the future yet, Tony. Oh. This is America. Damn. We're always a step behind. But yeah, T-Mobile. Well, that's that's is, a lot better than. Um, uh, I, I think AT&T, they let you continue using it, but then they charge you like $15 per gigabyte. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with AT&T's data plans. Their coverage is decent. It's fine, but their, their prices are just obscene. Verizon, right. same thing. Right. Better than AT&T, but still roughly around the same spot. Sprint, you know, it's a, I have this really fun analogy for deciding whether or not you want capped data or unlimited data. Right. Do you want good quality pizza? You can only eat one quality pizza a month without paying extra? Or do you want to eat unlimited decent pizza? <laughs> like, do you want Little Caesars? Unlimited Little Caesars pizza? Or do you want, like, Round Tables pizza? But you can only have, like, one one pizza a month. Right. Yeah. So how's the coverage for T-Mobile, then? Getting better. That's all but I can say. But it's not better than they just don't have the capital to do it right i mean i i'm not surprised to hear that because i mean they don't have the they don't have the customer base base. yeah Yeah, so that's why they're marketing themselves as the uncarrier right the hey come to us we have fantastic we have the iphone 5 now we have fantastic um customer service because i've heard t-mobile's customer service is one of the best in wireless carriers. They do have fewer customers to deal with. <laughs> they're less pissed off, yes. <laughs> but um, their data speeds are generous. Their data caps are practically non-existent. No contracts, so you can cancel anytime you want. Right. You know, my sister had that, and we played around with it. It's really, I, I think it's not. Because over happened, the course, you're paying a lot of money. What does that mean when you say you cancel your contract? Does the phone that you have... You still have to pay off the phone. Right. Oh, so... 
but you cannot You're use only it. paying in monthly installments. It's like leasing a car. Right, but you you can't do anything with that phone, can you? Or can well, you, you can do others. You can switch to a different carrier, I guess. Okay, that's what I was meaning. I mean, the contract is the major point where it costs a lot of money, right. which is why I always make the argument, if you can go contractless, go contractless. Because, yeah, you're going to pay full price for the phone, but over the long course of assuming you're going to do the minimum two years by comparison, right. you're going to save more money by doing the contract list. Right. Because if in the event you want – in the event the company starts like being terrible to you, you just contract immediately. You don't have to pay any early termination fee. You can just take your – pay off your phone or if you already outright bought your phone, switch carriers. You know, right. That's why I always advocate to go for those no contract plans because it's – generally cheaper in the long run right so t-mobile i think this is a huge win for the consumer <clears throat> you know t-mobile's anti-carrier no contracts monthly pay monthly installments you can outright either pay for the phone or monthly installments for the phone so when are you switching to t-mobile when my contract's over in a year <laughs> i'm pro actually honestly i'm probably going to because as good as sprint unless sprint gets better as good as sprint may be now Contractless, I think, is like the best. Because right. <clears throat> if you have the money, you can get the latest and greatest phone sooner rather than waiting two months and then getting a subsidized phone. And, or not two months, two years. Right. And it's just generally cheaper in the long run. Because right now, my family, for a family of four, three smartphones, three data plans, they we pay upwards $200 a month. You know? And... This is with Sprint. So if you can imagine, this is unlimited data. You can imagine if it was unlimited data, if they still offered it for like mm -hmm. AT&T and Verizon, it'd be like $250, $300, you know. Right. And, you know, I decided, you know, I want decent pizza, unlimited decent pizza instead of one good pizza. How much data do you use per month? <laughs> Depending. Is it worth the unlimited do you Depending. I don't have to worry about my dad calling me in the middle of the night. Like, hey, why did you incur, like... I thought they like, send you uh, text messages as you approach your cap. I don't know. Oh. We all, maybe, I don't know. I've never oh. been on AT&T oh, Verizon. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's just the... Plus, I'm not too fond of those companies at all, you know. Right. So I'm less... I'm more adamant on giving them money <laughs> compared yeah. to Lena, you know, Sprint, and T-Mobile. Yeah. That's just me. All right. So uh, let's go on to our 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 big topic of the week, I guess, the Facebook yeah. announcement. Yeah, that, we touched wait, that earlier. Wait, we just talked about that. Sorry. Yeah. So is there anything we... Well, we can elaborate on. Well, here's my take on the Facebook right. home thing. It seems... Lackluster. Lackluster. Yeah. A phone would have been more impressive. <laughs> Facebook. But that's me. just not their, their, their identity, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. their job is not to you know, the, build uh, the greatest phone and compete with Apple. And they're Google. the uh, data mining company. Right. They want to help you connect with friends, right? <laughs> that's what, what cost, it does. Tony? At what cost? <laughs> But yeah, there are inherent there I can foresee millions of problems with Facebook Home right, right off the bat. This is for like the power users. Like I like who the hell wants to see all their their feed when they open their phone? Like <laughs> that I, I I was reading that was like one of the biggest complaints like why would I want to see Like why do I care? You have no control who shows up when yeah. you 
unlock your phone. Yeah. Like, why do, like, why do I care? Right. <laughs> if I wanted to check Facebook, I would use the Facebook app to check. I don't want it right. constantly bombarding me with all my friends' <laughs> posts. Here's a picture of me sitting on the toilet, you know? <laughs> You know, it's like at once, you know, I can see it for the power users, but it's like for the non-power or the average user like myself, like I check Facebook once every, you know, couple hours, I don't see the appeal. And another but thing. But it makes sense if you check it regularly. I, I, I know I check the it Facebook, There are the Facebook addicts out there, Tony. You need to seek help. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, see, the, 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 the funniest thing that I notice is that those photos that they use in their marketing on their website and in their demos, I'm like, wow, I've never seen such great photos from my own friends. <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> the other thing. Your friends are not going to give you quality right. content. Plus, you have all those like Instagram photos. It's just like, <laughs> oh, what is this? <laughs> Instagram photos of food. Exactly. Uh, I mean, do I really want to see a picture of grapes when I open up my phone? Do I really want to see perhaps. duck face? Perhaps, if, if you're into that sort of thing. Do you want to yeah. see duck faces of your friends? It's time to unfriend some people, Joseph. God. That's why I only have... <laughs> Make a, more photography friends. That's why I only have a limit. I have a small number of friends. on. I have like 140. That's it. Right. So far. Maybe uh, you should check out Path. That'd be perfect for you. I've tried it. It's, it's, it's so, so. I mean, I don't put too much too much emphasis on social networking anyway. It's a decent tool to like catch up and see what other people are doing, or if you're into like this whole stalking thing. Right. But you know, it's 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 a neat thing. It's a pastime. I guess is the best way to describe it. It's not like a full on like a hobby thing. It's just a pastime. I use it to pass the time. Right. And the whole Facebook lock screen. I guess it's good for those who really care about seeing facebook all the time but aside from that i don't know just it just feels like to me that facebook is trying to appease its investors by by generating revenue by collecting more data information that's the biggest thing or it's just like this seems like an ulterior motive to collect more data information we hear this all the time (laughs) well i mean look i mean look at it this way if they're not selling you anything you're the product right so all this, you know, data mining from even now people using the Facebook app, data mining from the Facebook app, data mining from your browser, they're going somewhere, going to advertisers, you're going, they're selling their information to somebody and they're going to target ads at you and they're going to know all about you, especially Facebook where you put, some people put their private information on there, you know, and Facebook home just enables it to be more in depth with your personal information. Zuckerberg did mention that eventually that Facebook Home would have ads served to it eventually. That's well. going to kill it. Right. I mean that's I'm going to call it right now. That's going to that's going to be <laughs> they're already digging the grave for Facebook Home. People are going to say if I if I want to see my uh, friend's latest updates, you just go to the app. You know, why do I have to see the ads even outside of Exactly. The it's a phone. I'm using it to call people, send emails and all right. that jazz. I'm not it's like a Facebook phone, like what? I'm gonna get ads for using my phone that I paid a hundred dollars <laughs> and I also have to pay ATT a month for? It's like what is what is this? See if the ads subsidize the phone to right. be free, then okay. Right. I'll let it slide. But you're still paying a hundred bucks plus the data That's plan. Like the Amazon model. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at Amazon, I pay Prime. I get free shipping. I right. get something out of it right. for eight, 80 bucks a year. Right. Facebook Home, I it's free, right. but I get ads. I still have to pay for the phone, 
I still have to pay for the carrier service. I still have to pay for the data. What am I getting? A glorified Facebook phone. Well, like Zuckerberg also described how he is putting the people first before the apps. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a different paradigm. That that is a different type of argument. And um, considering that we use our phones primarily for social reasons, for texting, yeah. Yeah. for social networking. So that's where I would see people that um, message over Facebook would enjoy. Right. You know, they would enjoy opening up their phone, Facebook home screen, right. see their posts, friends posts. Hey, I'm going to comment on that. Or I'm going to instantly message them. Where are you? You know, I could see it as a replacement for SMS, right. which would be decent because SMS needs to die. Right. <laughs> I, okay, SMS needs to die. I'm just going to put that out there. But yeah, I can see it as that. But there is competitors out there. WhatsApp is a very big one. A lot of people use WhatsApp. There's Line. In Asian countries, Line is a big one. There's iMessage, which is a big one too if you use an iPhone. Right. So it's like... I guess they're adding more. If you're looking at it that way, you're adding more competitors to the communication scene. But to develop an entirely new lock screen, they already have Messenger. Right. <laughs> so, and yeah, the whole ad thing is going to kill it. Like, well, they're not introducing it yet. Just like with Graph Search, they haven't introduced it yet. Yeah, Graph. Search. Although Graph Search, it makes more sense to have ads there. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Right. Ads are going to... It's going to discourage a lot of people. When they see mm-hmm. the ads, it's like, oh my god, my phone. I see ads on my phone. I paid for this phone. You know? <laughs> it's just a little bit ridiculous. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Um, there's one more topic I want to discuss. The iOS 7 update. Whenever that's coming around. I heard it had a <clears throat> pretty big delay. So maybe August? Oh, that hurts. But I mean, the announcement... Could still be could there. Be, could be could be announced in June and then released in December. Oh my God, that would kill me. <laughs> hey, as long as there's if there's no jailbreak out for iOS seven, I don't even care. Take as long <laughs> as you want, Apple. I'm fine with iOS six. <laughs> Skeuomorphism does not disturb me one bit. <laughs> Speaking of jailbreak, I got rid of my jailbreak recently. Yeah, yeah, you told me too many. Facebook has only crashed twice since. Ah, see, what have you been downloading, man? I, I don't know. Same, been- same things as you, man. I mean, it's it's just terrible where everything just freezes, and then I launch apps, and then it just crashes inadvertently. And just see, oh. this is this is the argument for the walled garden approach that Apple took with the app, right. with the App Store. You got to curate this stuff. If you're just going to let anybody install apps, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad experience. <laughs> well, I feel like it's something to do with the hardware. Because I don't know, how, how often do, do you experience crashes on your jailbreak broke device? Would you say it's before significant, my, before significantly more or, or none at all? More than you, more than before jailbreak. Does it I bother you, though? I assume not no, because you haven't gotten rid I of it. I barely use my phone anyways. Right. Oh, why don't you just let me have it? Uh, if you want to pay me money. You want to pay for my pesos? contract? To, not, not pesos. U.S. dollars, man. The Thank greens. God you didn't say Bitcoin. Not, Bitcoin, too. That's fine. I accept Bitcoin payments. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's the... You have amateur... Well, not amateur, but you have software developers writing for iOS using an unsupported system. Right. Yeah, there are going to be hiccups. There are going to be, you know, 
lockups. And for the most part, it's not going to bother anybody. But for some people, it does bother them and right. creates a horrible user experience. Right. So that's why Apple has a curated iOS store to ensure that there's no horrible experience. No malware. Quote, unquote, no malware. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for now, right. until one Apple reviewer gets lazy. Oops. Ooh, yeah, here's the Trojan horse, guys. Or the... Get Speaking rich. of Apple reviewers, um, podcast. Hey, Apple. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a month. Podcast hasn't been approved yet. Yeah, I think it's just forgotten. It's dead. It's, it's on the I bottom. tried. I tried resubmitting, but they uh, said, "Oh, you've already submitted. Sorry." You can't. It's on the. It's on the bottom of the stack. <laughs> they're they're attending to the high to the high profile targets. How much money do I need to send? <laughs> please send. Check. Please send mail mail in money order to the amount of X thousand dollars <laughs> to put on the second highest part of the pile. <laughs> yeah. uh, needs work. Needs work. Yeah. All right, so I guess that wraps up the our podcast for this week. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to discuss, like, what what do you want to see in iOS 7? Or what do I want to see? Cleaner. The number one feature. Number one feature. UI refresh. Ah, uh, that's everyone's number one. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. I guess, yeah. iOS, iOS it, hasn't had a major refresh in UI since is iOS it just, 1. Is it just the argument that if it's not new looking, then it feels stale? Is that... Because I always hear that even with there's the, one part of that yeah, yeah like, it does it, it feel stale. Look different than it's it's like what is this I'm not buying any upgrade it's because the design approach changes there right. there are waves of design I, I feel like the more you, the 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 greater your user base the harder it is to you know make such <laughs> you're gonna piss someone off yeah you're gonna I piss mean, someone off regardless even if it is great there's gonna be some people that. Just you know, completely abandon the, uh, you know. The, but hey, the look at it this way: if they never change, you're going to end up like Microsoft. That is true. You're going to end up, you know, waiting too long, too late to change the entire UI scheme. You're going to get Metro, you yeah. know. I, I imagine it's going to be a, a step, but not like a complete. Um, according to rumors, right? Maybe. I mean, it's still in the air. All right. Johnny Ive, if you're listening, just send me an email. It'll you know, be completely anonymous. Yeah, send me send me an email. I'll send you my resume. I'll... Give give me some uh, sneak peek, and then I'll have this scoop. <laughs> I'll send an NDA. Everyone will be linking to us. Oh, They'll man. be like, as reported by Lone Placebo. Oh man, Johnny Ive has detailed uh, um, iOS seven. <laughs> well, we won't <laughs> including know, including screenshots. We won't, Quite exclusively. we won't know until it comes out, so we can only just cross our fingers and hope. Right. So, so that's the end of our podcast for this week. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a good weekend. Yep. Bye.